Hey, welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today we have Disha Wadup. Disha, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolute pleasure. So let's start off the interview with uh, who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Yeah, so my name's Disha. I found a company called Social Treats, and we help entrepreneurs to build social media strategies so they can make more money online. I started out in 2016 as a social media manager. I started working with six, seven figure eight business owners to help them manage their social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram. And I worked with them to build sales organically. I primarily focus on organic social media rather than the paid stuff. And I am a Facebook uh, Meta trained lead trainer and certified community manager by Meta as well. I got involved with them in 2019. And that has been an interesting roller coaster, um, especially over the last couple of years when we've been locked in our houses. But it's been great fun to network and build my reputa reputation with Meta as well. So now I focus working with new and emerging entrepreneurs to really help them scale their businesses and get more sales on, on Facebook. That's fantastic, actually. Now, I got a couple of things from that there. So um, the whole, uh, let me start off with saying, you know, you, you're certified with my, Meta, right? My condolences. Um, with that being said, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but in all honesty, uh, how did that come about? And um, like, does that mean you're limited to Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, no, I um, it doesn't limit me at all. It's just an addition, additional certification. Um, I got invited to go to an all expenses paid uh, conference by Meta. Um, mainly because I was a admin of some very large Facebook groups um, as a social media manager. So I was reached out to by Meta and invited to go along to Dublin. So they flew me over all expenses, put me in a hotel um, for three days and we went to a conference. So I met some awesome entrepreneurs, some other amazing business people doing brilliant things. Um, and then from there, I was invited to more trainings and I got involved with Enterprise Nation, which is a national training organization in the UK as well. So now I work with them to deliver trainings as well for, for Meta. Right. Okay. So it's addition. It adds more uh, revenue stream for lack of better description. And um, yeah, so that's amazing. Now you were saying also with the organic, you focus on organic versus paid. Yes. How come? I don't like paying people any money. I'm English. We're tight, right? <laughs> we we li like the idea of building relationships first. So building Facebook groups allows you to have that flexibility of building those relationships and connecting with people on a deeper level and then going in for the sale after that. So rather than just cold pitching people, which is basically what ads is, right? Waiting for somebody to take action on a cold thing that they're scrolling past, then you're building that relationship with them and they're uh, building that connection so that they're ready to buy from you that way. Right, right. But like without doing ads, right? Isn't that a limitation? Uh, no, I've never found it a limitation and my business and my clients have had huge, huge launches with sort of multiple five figures um, through organic. You absolutely don't need to pay for ads and I don't recommend it until you're well, very well established. And then of course you can do it to add on and supplement the, the revenue that's already coming in, but you can absolutely get started and do things 
organically. And then once you've hit six figures minimum in your business, then add on uh, paid. All right, right now I got it. I got it. So it's the uh, it's not that ad, that paid ads don't add value. It's just that you don't need it to start off with. Yes. You know, if you want to hit a certain level, like if you want to leave the five figure, you know, block. Yeah. You're gonna have to uh, get into paid ads to get to the six and seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now I get it. But to start off with, you don't need it. Yes, absolutely. Now, couldn't it, couldn't it ramp up and turbocharge your uh, progress by getting paid ads? It could do, but you could also waste a whole bunch of money. So if you're not already making that significant income, so you know you've nailed down who you're talking to, you've nailed down the language that you're using, you've nailed down your offers, how you're communicating those to people. There are so many um, diverse areas that you need to really nail down and perfect before you start spending money on ads. Because if you go ahead and jump before you're ready, then you're just going to spend loads and loads of money unnecessarily, test it all organically, make that six-figure income, and then add on some ads to add that up. But you should be having recurring revenue of at least six figures before you start adding ads in. Interesting. Interesting. Now, see, I have a little bit of a different thing, and I'm not saying you're wrong. You're probably right. It's probably the smarter way to do it, but... um, (laughs) I, like prime example, and this is what I've been doing. And you tell me if I've been doing it wrong. I, I post organic, just like you said, right? I keep going. Now I wait and I look at, at what the results are. And the posts that are performing higher than the other posts, those yeah. are the ones I boost. Yeah. I mean, boosting is fine. If you're, it's the, if you're boosting, you get less um, options for them than if you're building a whole ad campaign around it. Right, right. Um, in terms of targeting. But... The, the main thing around, if you've got money to spare, buy abso- absolutely go for ads. If you haven't got money to spare, you're, you've got time, right? So we've, we've, something costs us. We've either got time or we've got money. Right. So if you've got money, go spend it on ads. Um, uh, but if you've got time, then build it out organically. Because when I first started, I didn't have any money and I built my business very shoe strapped and just making money as I went. So I didn't have the spare cash to go and put thousands of dollars on ads. Um, but I did have the time available. I mean, I was working full time as building my business, so it was limited, but I had the time over the money to spend. So I was like, right, this is my cost benefit. I need to be spending the time to get these leads in and convert them rather than spending the cash to do that. So it has to be a business decision that you're willing to make and a sacrifice, right? To be able to um, make those losses through the ads because you will spend money without getting results sometimes as well on ads. Absolutely. I've seen that too. So now even going with the ads versus the boost. Now, a lot of times I boost it because I'm just trying to, I I could try to ramp up what's already working versus trying to figure out what's going to work. But the other reason is like one of my businesses and the main one that I promote is, uh, is housing. And yeah. um, basically to avoid their discrimination, we have to use that special category and select housing, which basically restricts the targeting anyways. Yeah. So, which is one of the reasons that I find it frustrating because prime example, I work in, on, in Ontario, Canada. If uh, someone in New York sees my uh, home, my, my home ad, like, you know, like, hey, let me 
help you sell your home. Well, I can't in New York. That's kind of useless to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it doesn't go that far, but you know, you get my point. Yeah. Right? So it's like, it's just one of those things that by removing those uh, parameters, it limits our, who we reach that is useful to us. Yeah, absolutely. I to totally agree. There are so many limitations and especially now with Facebook, with the iOS updates and you're not being able to track so much. And there are so many limitations with ads and that's why it's costing me people even more money um, than it was before. And it, it's just a, a game we have to play within. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. So with that being said, now you could have gone into any business, you could have done anything and you know, cause the world, I believe in abundance and there's plenty of opportunity. Something attracted you to social media. So what was that? Why? Why out of all the businesses you can choose, why social? So it actually started uh, years, many years ago. I quit my job in 2012 and I went traveling. So I had qualified as an events manager. So I have a degree in events management. I was working in events management and I went through a breakup and decided, right, that's it. I'm out. I'm leaving the country. So I booked a one-way ticket to Thailand and I actually started teaching English in Thailand. I thought that was going to be what I wanted to do. So I went to Thailand and taught English. Uh, turns out not a huge fan of kids. So teaching English was not going to be my forte. So I switched directions and thought, okay, let me figure out something else I can do whilst I can travel, whilst I can live on my terms and um, be able to have freedom lifestyle. That's what I wanted. So I started a website that I built on my own. So I taught myself how to build websites. Um, it was actually a travel and fitness website. I want, I'm very much into my uh, fitness. So I wanted to build something that helped people travel and work out. So I built a brand, a built brand new website from scratch and a social media following from that. That business and that website actually made me very little money, um, but it gave me all of the tools to learn how to do all of those things. So I got into the, the marketing that way. And then when I, I left Thailand and I got a flight to Australia and people start employing me in marketing because I had built this following and I had built these this social media platform for this travel and fitness website. And so I started working in marketing in, in Australia and getting my um, stars, if you like, and building it that way. And when I was able to switch over to building freelance business on the side, I knew that social media was going to allow me to create the lifestyle that I wanted. So that was the main draw into it. It was easy. I was um, self-taught. It did take me a long time, um, but I am self-taught. I had the degree was in events management and I just started working my way up in corporate Australia before I moved back to the UK. Um, I worked in the UK as well in marketing before finally quitting and starting my uh, business and building it up from there. So that was the main driver I picked, social media, really, the freedom. Right. Okay. I get that part. So in a way it landed in front of you, but yeah. you liked it and you took it. Anyway, because of that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, awesome. So, which brings up the other point here, right? Like, okay, so you, um, oh, crap, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, I hate when that happens. Uh, oh, yeah, what I was going to say, like, with all the transition from once you left your uh, corporate job and then you uh, got into your own business, what was the transition like? Like, there must have been certain moments that you found scary, frightening, like maybe there was a little hesitation or was it just 
jump in, no, not looking back, and wasn't worried about a thing. Yeah, so there were there are a few hurdles along the way. So when I first quit my job, um, I quit my job originally in 2016 whilst I was living in Australia. What I did was I went to Asia and I house sat in Asia for six months uh, whilst building my business. And so that was the, the very first start of social treats. And then I panicked and I moved back to the UK and I got a job. Um, but social treats were still running. I had a couple of clients. Um, so that was what I was doing in my spare time whilst working full time in the UK. And it took me about a year, year and a half before I quit my job. But this time when I quit it, I made sure that my business, Social Treats, was making more money than my full time job. So I'd already hired a team. I had already got a recurring revenue from clients that were paying me monthly on long term contracts. And I knew that I could afford to pay my mortgage and I could afford to pay my bills. I uh, was a single woman, so I didn't have anybody else to pay my mortgage. I didn't have anybody else to pay my bills. I had to support myself and make sure that all those things were paid for. So that was really important for me. The second time round that I quit my job, that I had all of those things in place and that my business was already making the money it needed to, to be able to pay, pay for all of that for me. So when I quit my job in um, 2018, what I did then is realize that if, if I all goes wrong, I could always get another job. And that was in the back of my mind to keep me secure. But I am one of those people that thrives on um, uncomfortableness. I thrive in being uncomfortable. So instead of thinking, okay, I can sit back and if it doesn't work, if all my clients leave me, I can get it, go get a job. What I did was got in my car with my dog, drove down to the south of Spain and I sat there and worked from there for three months because I knew I couldn't get a job in Spain. So I knew that I would have to make this business work. And by the time I came back to the UK, I had doubled the revenue again, recurring revenue, doubled that. So I knew that then my business was safe and I could feel more comfortable growing it and feeling more uh, comfortable in the business as it was then in 2019. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So, okay. So you had a strategy, perseverance. That was the key thing there. I, I got perseverance out of that. Then you reminded me of one of, uh, like, I'm in, very big into personal development. And uh, one of the things you reminded me of is uh, a saying from the, uh, from uh, one of the, one of the people I follow, which was Jim Rohn. And um, he says, uh, work full time at your job and part time at your profits. So you can later work full time at your job, uh, your profits and part-time at your job. So meaning it's sort of like you build that foundation and eventually like, yeah, you build that foundation. So eventually your full-time becomes your part-time to eventually becomes nothing. And your full-time profits is everything. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it's awesome. You, you, you kind of followed the script without even knowing it was a script. <laughs> so. And one of the things that I always talk, talk to people about is making sure that you, you, are comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. As an entrepreneur, that is the the biggest thing where people go, well, when is this going to get easier? When is this not going to feel hard? When is this not going to feel messy? And my clients ask me all the time, when, it, when does this stop? And I'm like, it doesn't. Like, you just have to be comfortable being uncomfortable because there is never a day where you're going to go, this is easy. I got this. Or there might be one day and the next day will be, this is disaster again. So be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Right. And I love it. I love that saying, right? Because I mean, a lot of times people are saying it, but you're showing it, right? Yeah. Like it's one thing for someone to say, you have to be uncomfortable being comfortable or be comfortable being uncomfortable. 
And really, until you get into the uh, fire, it's just a saying. Yeah, exactly. Right? Most people, uh, you know, say it, but they never really take the leap. No. So, which is good. I mean, it's good that you did it. Like it was, uh, in a way, it's motivating, right? Because you could have just stuck to your job. It was a pay. You paid your mortgage. You could have had your weekends. You could have had whatever. And, uh, you, you know, your heart was set on doing more. And you just, yeah. instead of taking the easy way out, you found a way to do what you wanted. Yeah. And so many people ask me all the time, like, how did you do it? And the the only answer I have is I just did it. Like they, I don't have. I just said this is what I'm gonna do, so I'm just gonna go ahead and and do it, and I'll figure it out as I go. As Marie Folio says, everything is figureoutable, and you yep. can just figure it out. Say yes and work it out later. That's another one I like to follow, Marie Folio. I like yep. I like her stuff. So with that being said, social treats. How did you come up with that name? Like that's kind of cute. <laughs> You know, like it's like it's like cute and attractive. It's kind of like you see it, you kind of want to know what is this, right? Like, like it's one of those things that it sticks in your head. You you don't forget it. Yeah. So I was actually in Thailand. I was house sitting in Thailand, and it really didn't take that much brain power. I do social media, and I like cake. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally it. And for the first four, three, three or four years of my business, my um, logo was a cupcake um, because that that was it. I was like, I like social media. I do social media. I like cake. So I just put the two of them together and called it social treats. And I was like, I should probably overthink this some more. But I went, nah, that's fine. It'll do. Um, <laughs> and everybody has loved it since. So it worked. <laughs> I, I can see why, right? Like it's, uh, and you brought up another point there, right? Like too many times people get stuck in analysis paralysis, right? Yeah. So worried about how things are going to be. They want to have their brand a certain way. They're the ones who want to build the brand. This doesn't represent my brand. And the real truth is that the market decides what your brand is, not you. You can pr project and, and put any image you want, but your brand is really just another fancy word for your reputation. And the only way you're going to find out what that is, is what the people think. So sometimes you just got to get out there, get started, and then go back and adjust as you feel you need to. Oh, yeah, I did. My logo was from Fiverr. I literally paid someone about five or ten dollars to create my logo when I first started. And I didn't rebrand for three years. And then, then I was like, I should properly rebrand at this point because I was making good money. I had very large clients. So I was like, and I'm embarrassed to send people to my website. So yes. <laughs> I should probably rebrand <laughs> because I still had the logo from Fiverr that I started with. And I'd never thought, I thought, well, that's. It's fine, right? It works. It's functional. It does exactly. the job. Um, so yeah, it was. It took me a while to rebrand, and I recommend that to anybody. Like, just make it work to start with, and then go back and change it afterwards. You don't have to have everything sorted and everything perfect just to get your first clients. And I don't recommend every, anybody has everything sorted. Like, don't have a website, don't have any landing pages. Just go and get some clients first, then build out things as you go. Because once you've got clients, you've got a validated offer. There you go. Boom. Right. That is so true. Now, yeah. one thing that's uh, bugging me is you keep leaving the UK and then keep going back. What's up with that? <laughs> I like warm weather and it's freezing. Here. <laughs> so every now and again, I'm like, I'm out. I'll just, I'll come back in a bit. <laughs> yeah. But couldn't you just go on vacation? <laughs> it's like, 
It's like I'm moving, but yeah. you'll be back. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's what that's what my family said. I went, I left for five years. Five years I traveled for, um, and then I came back. And I just when I first left, everybody asked me what my plan was, and I was like, I don't have one. I got a one way ticket out of here, and that's it. I didn't have any money either. I literally had like a thousand pounds in my bank. So I knew I had to work as I was doing things. Um, so that's another thing people say to me, you must have been rich or you must have been funded to go traveling for five years. Absolutely not. No, nope, I just figured it out as I went and got a job everywhere I went to be able to pay for me to, to do it and maintain my lifestyle. Absolutely. That's, that's a great point there, right? Like, see, you just told people how to travel and make money. Yeah, just right? go. So figure it out. <laughs> Exactly. Which brings up another point, right? A lot of times when we come up with reasons why we can't do something, there's a live proof that that's just an excuse. Yeah. Because for all intents and purposes, a thousand pounds is broke. Yeah. Right. And you still did it. Yeah. I remember getting into Australia and they, and it said on the, the visa application, you must have a certain amount of money in your bank to be able to enter. And I was like, well, where? I'll just see if they stop me entering when I get there, I guess. Because <laughs> like, I had a job. I had already arranged to have a job when I got there. I spent three days sending my resume to every bar and restaurant in the place I was going to so that I had a job the day I arrived because I knew I didn't have enough money to be there. So <laughs> I was like, I need to get some money in the door now. Um, and I got a phone call the day I flew in to start work that day. So I was like, yes, result. Wow, that's that's awesome, right? Like, and again, that 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 is very gutsy, right? Like, it's and and it's a good thing, right? But yeah. again, it explains why, it explains a lot of the successes you had with your business because you're yeah. a problem solver. You found a problem and you found a way to solve it. You didn't analyze it; you just jumped and did it. Yeah. So that transpires to business as well. Yeah. Right? Because overthinking anything just do it get it done and figure it out afterwards like you can always find a solution to any problem absolutely absolutely so i love that so with that being said now there's a certain point in time that uh we go through business and we're always going through the hurdles we have that little anxiety going through us but we get to a point where we go aha right like you have that aha moment and it's like I may not be where I want to be yet, but I'm going in the right direction. Yeah. That hurdle, that fear seems like it's in the rear view mirror. Not that there won't be any other problems coming up, but you finally feel like you're in the right place. You're doing the right thing and you're at least going the right direction if you're not already there. Yes. And sometimes you go through multiple moments like this, but what was your first aha moment? I think it was when I hit my first six figures in my business. And I was like, oh, and I wasn't working that much because that was another fear I had around earning money was that I had to work all the hours and I didn't want that. So I had some resistance around making more money in case I had to work more. So I made my business work for me. So everything that I put into my business is structured around the lifestyle that I want to create rather than me thinking about the money it is lifestyle first and then the money second so i know the money that i need to make but the lifestyle to my the creation of my life is more important to me so i focus very much on vision boards and i want to make sure that 
everything that I create in my life is created. I know where I'm going and I know what things I want to do in my life. And I've built it that way. Fantastic. Now, going back, when you were still working your job, before you made the transition, you said you had your team. Mm-hmm. Now, where I'm going with this is that um, I find, and I've, you know, this is from personal experience, I find that even though hiring a team and building is important, for me, hiring that first person, taking that leap is was the hardest part. It's always the, I could do everything in my head until you feel like you're choking, yeah. right? So at what point in time did you decide that you needed a team member regardless of what's going on? It's just no way that you can do it. It's time. And how did you take that leap? I think I have a different mentality around hiring support. I am very much in the mindset of, having support is what makes my business a success. So one of the things, the first team member that I brought on was a, um, she was a graphic designer. And by bringing on a graphic designer into my team meant that my, the the output that my business was creating was far superior than what I could have done. So by hiring a team member that was better at what they do than I could ever be meant that I didn't add another thing to my to-do list of learning graphic design. I just hired somebody else to do it and they did it much better to me. So I do the same thing in my personal life. Like I hire a cleaner, I have a car washer, I have electricians. You know, you hire people to do things in your life that they are qualified to do. So why wouldn't you do that in your business? Because it's improving the output of your business, which is therefore improving the reputation of your business and improving the income that you can charge. You can charge more if your output is better. So by bringing on team members that are better than you at what they do, that is how you grow your team rather than just bringing on, and this comes down to price points and all sorts of different things as well, but rather than just bringing on somebody that you could teach or can do menial stuff that you want to not do, start by bringing on people that can do things better than you rather than the VA type aspect. Love that one. That was a great answer. Like right there, right? Cause you're right. Most people go through that whole VA to get rid of the stuff they don't like. And, uh, you know, and do not think about what can they do like to hire someone that can do something better than them. Yeah. Versus, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a different mentality and it's, and it's bang on there. Right. Like, like for me, I have a problem with hiring the first one. Cause it's all of a, I start off with that micromanager mentality. Yeah. Right. And then once I get the first one, things tend to uh, ramp up. And once they ramp up, I become so overwhelmed that hiring becomes my first objective. Right. It's sort of the, the minute, you know, you wake up and go, ah, next thing you know, the next day there's somebody else working for me. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but it's always that initial first one because it's sort of that you're holding on. I don't know what I'm holding on to, but I'm holding on. <laughs> <It's> like, <Yeah. laughs> right. And then, and then I tend to delegate everything. <laughs> I remember Perfect. like, yeah, there's, there's something to be said about bringing people in that know things that, that you don't because they add a whole facet of your business that you possibly wouldn't have even thought about. Like I had um, uh, an operations manager come into my business who rearranged my entire back office and everything became so much more streamlined because she knew things about systems that I had no idea about. And I was like, oh my, everything works seamlessly now. It's like, what would I have done without you? 
Um, but I didn't know that what she did was possible because I didn't have the the technical capacity to figure those things out. Whereas she came in and just rearranged everything for me and it worked seamlessly. So makes sense. Mm. Now, I'm sure not every hire is a good hire. Yeah. And I'm sure you come across that. So how do you handle that? And how fast did you realize it was a bad hire? Um, I try to work through with people. But what I do is I now have um, uh, I work with a VA matchmaker. Uh, she finds me stuff. So I say to her what I need and she'll go out and find somebody like a recruiter um, for the online space specifically. And she does all the interviewing, the, the um, proving that they can do tasks, all of that stuff, and then sends me three, three qualified candidates. So that's how I work now because I've gone through so many bad hires. I now just have a recruiter that does it for me. And it's so much easier and more streamlined and I don't have to do it. Right. Now, like, what are the qualities that you look for? Like, like, what are the key points and what are the instant no's? I want somebody who is a solution finder. So like, like you said, I don't see problems. I see solutions. So I need that in my team members as well, because when somebody comes to me and says, this is a problem, I'm like, okay, what, what are you going to do about it? I don't want to know the problem. I want to know what your options are to fix it. Um, so that's a big thing for me is making sure that they're solution um, people rather than problem people. The other thing is um, that we get on. If we're going to be working together, I want to work with a nice person. And sometimes you can just tell, can't you, after a, after a quick conversation, you're like, we are not going to work. Like, and there's just a personality clash or whatever it is going on. But you're like, I don't like you. So that's, that's the other thing, right? You have to find somebody that you get on with. Yeah, good point there, right? Like it was somebody who's, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You have to be on the same page. Otherwise, it just doesn't work, right? Like yeah. it's going to find a lot of people out there that uh, every solution you have, they can tell you what the problem is. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and those people never, ever, ever find something that is of use because they're too busy looking for problems. Yeah, which is frustrating, right? Because then you don't get anywhere in your business. For sure. So I love that action taker. You're quick to decide. Um, I find most success comes from people who are quick to decide. Um, most times I can tell if a person's going to succeed or not based on how many times they tell me they have to think about things. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> most people thinking about things end up thinking till they're dead. They don't think they never really make a decision. Yeah. And uh, that's just been an analysis. Figure it out. Like if there's somebody can't do something and they go, let me figure this out and I'll come back. I, um, my last hire, she was pretty new in the industry, but every time I said, can you do this? She went, she'd go and find a whole course, study it, come back and go, yes, I can. Great. Fantastic. Here, here's the task I want you to do. <laughs> That's what I like rather than going, oh no, could you give me a step-by-step -step guide on how to do that? Like, no, I want you to know how to do it. Yeah, see, and that's the thing, right? That's another thing I learned growing up, right? I had another thing that somebody said to me, and I thought it was incredible, blew me away, right? When uh, you're in business and someone asks you for something, say, yes, you can, and then bust your ass figuring out how the heck you're going to do it. Exactly, yeah. That right? is so, that's what you need. Exactly, that, that's incredible and very powerful. Now, yeah. here's a controversial topic. It's going to be education, and I have my beliefs in this and, and I have my problems with it. I think education is important. I'm not going to say it's not, 
Now, what I also believe is that going to the traditional school or university or anything like that where you're paying all these dollars for someone to give you books to memorize is not necessarily an education. Now, there's certain things that that does apply to. Like if you're going to be an engineer, you need to go to those schools. You want to be a doctor, you need to be in those schools. You want to be a lawyer, you need to be in those schools. If you want to be a janitor, you don't need to be in those schools. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you may not necessarily need to be there or you may not have to take certain courses for that. It's one of those things, depending on what you want to do. Now, people can learn in different ways. Some people learn from listening to podcasts. Some people learn from reading. Now, reading is a very important part of my life. I believe in reading. Um, And there's different ways to learn. Now, I believe, and here's the controversy part, I think that people should not go to university if they are required to take on a student loan to do it. Take a few years off, save your money, then go. Don't get into debt for that. Because once people are in debt, and this is one of those loans, at least in North America, whether it's Canada or U.S., those loans are not forgivable. And on top of that, they can add up. And there's no restrictions. So they're going to give you as much loan as you want. So what ends up happening is some people get all these ridiculous loans that become impossible to pay. Impossible, right? Like, it's like, let, let's be honest. Sometimes you go, it's people go out there, they get all these big loans. They're like $100,000, $200,000 in debt. And they get this job that pays forty k a year. And uh, how in the world... Or is anyone going to ever pay that 200K? That's impossible. And I, that's where I blame the government system here. And um, not that I'm trying to get into politics, but what I mean is that should never be allowed. You want to go to school, you go to school when you have the money in your pocket. And if you don't have the money in your pocket, go do something else. Right? That's my personal belief. And I'm not saying, you know, people can't have their own beliefs, but that's my belief. I, I don't, I, I think, look, a lot of the, look, look, look at most, like Steve Jobs, Trillion dollar business with Apple before he died. The guy went to went to university for the courses he wants, but he never graduated, never enrolled. You know, like he basically dropped out for a lack of better description, right? Um, a lot of the uh, business uh, major companies that have, uh, you know, I think Zuckerberg. I don't even know if he did he graduate. I can't remember. But I don't the, think so. so see what I mean? All these big things that have happened out there have happened with people who did not graduate. Not that to, to say that there isn't big things out there with people who have. But the yeah. point is, there's opportunities. And 20, look, in 1978, 1979, school was important. Take on your student loan, go to school. And it wasn't as ridiculous as it is today, especially on the fees. But in 2022, 2023, there's options out there for you that you could do that doesn't require you to be in massive debt to be able to earn an income. Yeah, yeah. in the UK, our educational system is very, very different. So we don't have fees like that. We don't have deaths like that so it's very very different here in the uk which makes sense right so i i don't believe in that right like it's just it's crazy and i also think the education system has become outdated they're still teaching people to be factory workers for a lack of better description right it's time to update that and that's the other problem i have with the system not again i said from the beginning education is important the problem is you got to be learning the right things you got people graduating high school and they still need a calculator to tell you what $5 plus $5 is, right? It's ridiculous, right? Like you, you can't add up change. You need the computer to tell you how much change you get when you go to a store. Yeah. Right? Like that, that, that just the key things that people need aren't, they're not learning. 
And and that's my problem with it. But anyways, I digressed. (laughs) (laughs) So with that being said, what does your future look like? Like where, like, where are you planning to go from here? So Social Treats 2023, we are focused on helping people get more out of their Facebook groups. I have a few uh, courses and memberships and group coaching offers at the moment to help people focus on their Facebook groups. Um, I want to make sure that people are leveraging and using and beating the algorithms that keep changing at Meta and making sure that people are making more money as we go into and out of the recession over the next couple of years. I want to make sure that people's businesses are being sustained and they are making as much money as they can because millionaires are made in recessions. So if we can buckle down and get to work now, we can come out of this recession and hopefully be a lot more profitable. Fantastic. Now, again, a lot of your stuff is revolving around Facebook, I'm sure Instagram, but you did say that you're not limited to those. Nope. So where I'm going with this is what is your process? Like, what exactly do you work with? Somebody, like I met you today and and I love what you're saying. I want to work with you. What's the process and what's the objective? So I primarily, as I said, work with Facebook. Um, I'm not limited. My co- the, the things that I teach can be used on other platforms, um, but I primarily work with fi- Facebook and Instagram. Um, how we work together is we work on what your core offer is and then your offer stack. So most people, they will have maybe an offer um, that they're post uh, promoting, what that offer stack is, what that promotion cycle looks like, how they're they're cycling that promotion. I want to make sure that you're building out content that is reusable. So we build out a content bank of content. I teach five different types of content styles that you can use across different social media platforms. And we build out that base of content so that you can reuse that content whenever you have a down moment or a lull moment or a day when you're not thinking, um, because we have to constantly be creating in our businesses so that we're constantly marketing. I try and encourage my uh, clients to actually fall in love with the marketing and sales process, because if you don't love marketing and sales, it's going to be 90% of your business um, because that's business, right? We need to have money coming in the door. So building out your strategies so that it is um, easy for you to follow and a step-by-step process for you to do rather than you sit down at your computer every day and wonder where how you're going to find your next client. So we build out that offer stack. And then we build out the marketing strategy around that, making sure that we've got your market research done and your ideal client nailed in so that you know how you're positioning yourself so that people want to buy what you offer instantly. Fantastic. So I've got two questions before I go into what I call the lightning round, which is question number one is how do you know you've had a successful day? I have KPIs, so key performance indicators, where I make sure that I am ticking off those things. Um, I have them on my board behind me um, so that I can take them off every day so that I know my day has been success. Fantastic. Second last question before the lightning round is, where do people find you? You can find me inside of my Facebook group, on Facebook, on uh, LinkedIn. My face, my website is dishawadup.com, so you can find me there as well. Fantastic. Now I'll have to go into the fun lightning round questions and we're going to start off with the first which is my favorite what is your favorite food uh pizza interesting or a a sunday roast dinner 
Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Someone said pizza on a, to me before. I like pizza. Pizza is good. Yeah. I yeah. Like Fantastic. Second question. What is your favorite vacation spot and why? Ooh. Um, right now, Spain, because my dad has a place out there and I can just go for free. Um, so, so <laughs> that one is why I just hop over there on an, our flights in the UK are really cheap to Europe. So it's like 10 pounds each way to fly over there. Uh, and it's cheap and easy. So that is probably my, my favorite right now because <laughs> over COVID I haven't really been anywhere else. So it's easy to get to. True enough. Favorite, yeah. uh, book. Favorite book. Ooh. Um, right now I am reading, uh, one of my clients books, actually it's called secrets to authentic happiness. She just launched it last month, I think, um, on Amazon, Rachel Carter, and it's 12 steps to heal and manifest an empowered life. Interesting. Yeah. Favorite podcast. Uh, Ooh, what I'm listening to at the moment is The Guilty Feminist. And it is a it's Australian comedian. And that's what I was listening to my car yesterday, actually. Um, so not business related at all. Um, but it's a, it's comedians that talk about feminist comedy. So interesting. And last but not least, is if you were given unlimited amount of money for 48 hours, now you get to keep what you spend and what you don't spend gets taken away what would you do i would buy five houses um maybe eight houses eight is my goal uh and for recurring revenue so i'd buy eight houses and then i would book tickets for my dad and i to go to antarctica that's on my vision board um so i would book that uh tour and flights and I would buy my holiday home in Spain. Fantastic. Now, for your five homes, you should make one in Canada just so I can get a commission for it. <laughs> yeah, okay, deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's been a great show. I want to say thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. And I'm sure we'll catch up again in, uh, you know, in the new, new year, you know, a few months down the road, see how things are going. That'd be great. Thank you. If you like what you saw and you want to see more episodes, subscribe to the link below.